welcome to Heaping Spoonful, a twice-monthly conversation with restaurateurs, chefs, growers, and others who have helped generate the legends associated with eateries across the Mid-South. The team at Benny Keith is proud to sponsor this adventure with the goal of preserving the stories that have helped cultivate an amazing food scene across the Mid-South. So kick back and enjoy a heaping spoonful. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Heaping Spoonful, the podcast sponsored by Benny Keith Foods that puts the spotlight on chefs and restaurateurs from across the Mid-South. I am your host, Kelly Bass, and it's my privilege to continue a lifelong love of all things foodie with these conversations. I started reviewing restaurants in the 1980s and never really stopped writing and talking about food. And yes, I am old. My guests today are Lisa Provencio Jones and Burt Jones, owners of Gaskins Cabin Steakhouse in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, one of the coolest resort towns, not just in the state, but in the country. And for the first time, we're recording Heaping Spoonful on location. We're at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs. So welcome to the Heaping Spoon, excuse me, the Heaping Spoonful road trip, Lisa and Bert. Thank you, Kelly. Good to be here. Glad you all are. I appreciate it. Uh, From the looks of your menu and the glowing reviews you get, I am sure Gaskin's Cabin Steakhouse would be successful, even if you were housed in a metal building somewhere. But you most certainly are not. Um... Rather, your restaurant is built around a two-room log cabin that was constructed in 1864, which, if I can believe what I read on the internet, makes it the oldest building still standing in Carroll County. So, y'all tell our listeners about the history of the place. Well, it's it's very colorful history. Uh, It was built in 1864 by a guy named John Gaskins. Um, John was originally from Indiana, came down in the 1840s, built a cabin, and this is actually the second cabin on this site. Wow. Because when the Civil War started in North Arkansas, being from Indiana, he wanted no part of the Confederacy. <laughs> so he moved his family to Springfield, Missouri for the duration. And when he came back, the whole place had been burned out. Wow. So he, he and his sons rebuilt the cabin. And it's actually a dog, to- dog trot cabin. It's basically two cabins under a common roof with a breezeway in between. Okay, cool. And they call it a dog trot because uh, dogs would literally trot right through the breezeway. Wow. So the, your, your restaurant's website says that in the 1980s, um, somebody made the effort to make the cabin the focal point of the first restaurant on that site. Do you all know much about the earliest days of the restaurant where you are now? We know a bit. Uh, we're not, we don't, no one's really quite sure of when it occurred, sometime in the mid-80s. Yeah. Uh, but Greg and Susan Schneider started it. They took it from a private home. It had been a private home for 120-something years. And uh, they took it and peeled drywall off the inside and exposed the, the actual logs that were originally placed there. And um, they built it into Gaskin's Cabin Restaurant. Okay. Uh, Greg Schneider is still around the area. He owns the railway winery on Highway 187, uh, just about four or five miles from the cabin. And, um, and that, was the, that was the beginning of it. Wow, cool. So uh, you all have owned Gaskin's Cabin Steakhouse since... 2008, and we are recording this. I hope people are listening forever and ever, but recording this in mid-June of 2022, so 14 years. What were you doing before you became restaurant owners? Um, Well, we were in the business world. I was in uh, technology, and my husband was in manufacturing. But we were both, um, or I, I was in the restaurant business prior to that, 10, 15 years prior to that, for 
20 years. So Okay, so you had the background, but you'd gotten out of it, and you were in technology, and Bert, what were you doing? And I was manufacturing bath and body products. Okay, well, somebody's got to do it, because we certainly <laughs> have to use them. Cool. Um, when you took over, did you have to do a lot of work, or was it, did the folks that had, had made it the Gaskins Cabin Restaurant, did they have it pretty much the way you needed it, or did you all have to do quite a bit of work on it? No, it, it was pretty much the way we needed it in terms of operations. Um, when we came in, we did do some additions and changes to the menu a bit, but we kept it fairly consistent right? in terms of the type of items that we offer. I mean, was it a, was it a steakhouse from, the, from when you got it, or did it morph its way into being a steakhouse? Yeah, we purchased Gaskin's Cabin Steakhouse. Oh, okay. And we've kept it as Gaskin's Cabin Steakhouse. Right, which I'm, I've, I've learned, you know, again, we've done a lot of these, uh, and I've known from personal experience, you just really can't go wrong with steak. I mean, and, and as you know, not everything that you serve, but certainly uh, is the is the uh, the focal point. Um, and I would say for a town its size, and of course, you know, there's only about two thousand people, or a little more than that, in Eureka Springs. And of course, it's a huge tourist destination. It has a really vibrant and varied dining scene. I mean, have you feel like you guys have carved out a particular niche for yourself, or are there a lot of competitors in the steakhouse space? Uh, I wouldn't say in the steakhouse space. I would say in the restaurant space, most definitely we have quite an eclectic amount of restaurants here and really good ones. Um, but in terms of steaks, a variety of steaks, and really being a classic steakhouse, we're probably the closest thing to it in town. Um, and because of that, our, our menu is fairly limited. We focus on our steaks, and then we offer a few other things for people who aren't meat eaters. And we'd, our menu is fairly small. But we keep it very classic. Yeah, I, I can tell that too. And I also saw uh, reservations strongly recommended because you don't want people showing up. And when, like, I hate oh. to disappoint, and we do a lot. So yes, yeah. In terms of being able to seat, sure. How, right. what, what what is the seating capacity of your of Gaskins Cabin Steakhouse? We have twenty tables. Okay, so it's somewhere around, I guess, eighty, or maybe there's some two tops in yeah. there. But yeah, so so not huge, but you know. So as I say, um, you need to. Make your reservations, folks, for sure. So when I hopped on your website and began with your starters, all three looked great. I adore baked brie. I really do. And the honey drizzle's a nice touch. But I was struck by classic escargot. And like you say, I mean, that's a steakhouse classic. Or, you know, snails aren't for everybody. Do you sell a decent amount of escargot? We do indeed. Oh, um, cool. And the thing about the the escargot as it's being, as it's being served or taken to a table, the 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 wine, butter, garlic sauce that it sits in just permeates the entire place and, <laughs> and often prompts additional orders just because of the— Of how great it smells. Right. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had it several times, and yeah, I take a little bread and sop up the fabulous uh, sauce and juice around it. And then I also saw another—I mean, again, the Steakhouse Classic, the Wedge Salad. And, and it, I'll just tell you all—tell us about, about how the Wedge goes and how it goes over with your guests. It's, as you said, it's a classic. It, you know, um, it has to be cold. It has to be on a cold plate. Um, it, in my view, it has to be blue cheese. Yes. And, you know, I guess the only variation that we would do that I can see having eaten in hundreds of restaurants and ordering the wedge is we do a pickled onion. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's, you know, it's all about the blue cheese and the crunch and the crisp. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's, I have a friend, and you know, he listens to my podcast. Some he lives in Atlanta. And whenever I tell him who my guests are going to be, he goes to their menu and he tells me what he's going to get when he comes to your restaurant. Well, he's getting a wedge, by the way, <laughs> nice. among among other things. Before he gets on the steak, um, 
And I see that you feature six salad dressings. Again, some steakhouse staples, blue cheese, Thousand Island, and that all are, are house-made. And I know you could buy some decent uh, salad dressings, but I guess that extra effort's just worth it because of the quality. 100%. You wouldn't have it any other way. That's why we're small. Yeah. This is what we can do, and we do everything really well. I, I'm a little biased, but oh, yeah, sure. definitely. Well, obviously, your your 14-year run and the fact that you have to people have to jump in line early to get a reservation is is uh, proof of that cool so all right well listen we're going to take a short break here on heaping spoonful we'll be back in just a bit with lisa provincio jones and burt jones the owners of gaskins cabin steakhouse in the resort town of eureka springs arkansas i hope you're enjoying this episode of heaping spoonful we at benny keith foods enjoy talking about the food scene almost as much as we enjoy providing the top quality ingredients that help restaurateurs and chefs across the Mid-South create their magic. Now let's dive even deeper into the culinary world with your host, Kelly Bass. All right, we're back. We're back on Heaping Spoonful, continuing our conversation with Lisa and Bert. So, folks, we saved the literal meat of the matter, your beef, until after the break. Prime rib is at the top of the list, and it is listed as your house special. And, you know, there's something special about prime rib. I like a, I like a filet. I like a ribeye. I like a New York strip. But prime rib is just, I don't know, I think early in my life, it may have been like I went to Steak and Ale or somewhere, and I saw prime rib for the first time. And I like the little crusty outside part, too. So tell us about that cut, the size of it. Is it, is it multiple sizes, or you just serve one size? Tell folks who don't know how prime rib is made, how it's made, and then is it is it your top beef seller? So all of those questions. I think we're both going to jump in on this one That's for fun. sure. sure. Um, as you said, prime rib is not um, one of those dishes you can get anywhere. And oftentimes when you do, it's just the quality isn't there. Our prime rib is 14 plus ounces. We mm. can cut each one to order. We can go as, you know, as low as rare and as high as well done. Um I think in the 14 years that we have owned Gaskins, we've run out maybe three times, mm -hmm. which is a rarity. Um, I'm going to let Bert tell you more about it because he's so enthusiastic. He's I, I, yeah, I do love it. Um, the uh, when, some, when we're walking through the restaurant and someone asks us for a recommendation, I always say, do you like prime rib? Because if you do, get the prime rib. If, you, if you're not that big a fan of prime rib, then hit that ribeye. <laughs> Right, but um, but it's done really, really well. Mark Cook, our chef, has been doing it for literally a gajillion years, and it's oven roasted. Mm -hmm. He's just got it down to a science, and um, it's served with uh, house made au jus, mm -hmm. and oh. uh, and then your choice of, choice of sides, and and uh, it's just really well done. Is it your top seller of of beef? It is. We sell more prime rib than anything. Probably a, a, a ribeye and a fillet comes close yeah. close to it, but, uh, but yeah, mm. it's what we do. You know what? My mouth is literally watering. It's, it's cool, and I really love that your steaks. You keep it, you know, pretty simple and straightforward. As you said, we have a smaller menu, but we do everything really, really well. You cut your prime rib, you know, as it's ordered, and, and there it comes out. So you got ribeye, New York strip, and the fillet. Or what are the general sizes on those? Do you have multiple fillet sizes, or is it just kind of one? No, we do an eight ounce fillet, a uh, fourteen ounce. I'm sorry, a uh, fourteen ounce prime yeah. rib. We do a sixteen ounce ribeye, 
and a 12-ounce New York strip. Oh, man, it all sounds good. Very much so, very much so. And if so. you ask me, me which one's my favorite, that's like asking me which child I love the most. <laughs> right. And it just depends on my mood. <laughs> yeah, and how they're acting that day, for Exactly. Sure. So all the steaks are really amazing. So it's really about preference. Sure. Do you have a, you feature a particular brand of beef or, or not? We absolutely do. We love 1855. 1855. We have spent the majority of our time in terms of working the restaurant is finding the perfect meat. We do it on a regular basis. We do it today. We did it from the beginning. We shop it. We blind taste. Right. Um, We look for consistency. We're picky. And it's just come through for us. Year over year. Yeah, well, it's it's nice that these days there's there are more choices. You know, I mean, those of us who walk in and get our beef at Kroger or you know some grocery store, you get what's sitting there. I mean, you might get a chance to do prime versus choice, but with in the restaurant business today, I mean, there are lots of you know signature brands of beef, and eighteen fifty five is the one y'all y'all have found to be your favorite. And as we talked earlier, yeah, you're a steakhouse of the highest order, and uh, but you offer other choices you know, with seafood a focus. So talk about you, you have a salmon and two shrimp choices because they all make my mouth water. What are what are what are the natures of those three? Well, they're all delicious um, uh, and prepared fresh. Obviously, uh, the salmon is uh, um, broiled, done on the broiler, and uh, it comes with uh, sitting on a bed of long grain wild rice. Mm-hmm with some uh, um, accoutrement that comes with. And uh, and then the shrimp scampi is done in a white wine, butter, and garlic sauce mm-hmm. over linguine. Classic and, scampi, yum. And there's one other shrimp besides the scampi? The fried shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, it's probably not something that Lisa and I would go order but we sell a ton of fried shrimp. People love it. And Lisa has gotten to a point where if we're working hard in the restaurant, she just needs a nibble. She'll ask uh, uh, our line cook, can you just throw four shrimp in the, in the fryer for me real quick? And <laughs> So we, we eat that quite often, actually. Yeah, well, they're, they're awful tasty, particularly right when they come out of the, out of the fryer. Exactly. So with, with great beef, uh, usually comes great wine. Do you all have a, a, what would you consider a strong wine program at Gaskins? We were, yeah, definitely. I mean, we do Camus, Silver mm, Oak, okay, and Nickel, the- and then you know our mainstream wines. Yeah, we've got we've got several wines that to fit all budgets. Right. So we've got we've got uh, the Carnivore goes for what about thirty bucks a bottle in that neighborhood, which is very 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 reasonable. reasonable. Yeah. But uh, we also serve a very nice Mount Veeder Cabernet oh, from Napa good. Valley that yep. that goes for about seventy five dollars, I think, a bottle and. All the way to nickel and nickel, which is one hundred and thirty-five dollars, and yeah, Camus is probably up there in that in, in that, that neighborhood as well. Well, people who are going, you know, springing for a for a good steak often will spring for good wine, and I'm one of those people, so that really sounds cool. Um, what about cocktails? Do you have a particular focus, or is it just? Um, I'm going to start this off, and then I'll let Lisa finish it. Uh, a few years ago, Lisa developed a specialty drink card that uh, really was based back in the Prohibition days. And so there's a little ton of classic cocktails on yeah. there, things like the, uh, the, 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 the Greta Garbo and the Aviation and the Vesper and, and things of that nature, um, along with classic martinis. Right. And, uh, and my favorite drink to make when I'm working behind the bar is our smoked old-fashioned. Smoked old-fashioned? It's made with bullet rye, and while we're, while we're preparing the cocktail, 
we actually set some cherry chips on fire right there at the bar and put a slice of, of orange right next to the fire and then cover it with the, with the glass that the cocktail is going to be served in. Oh, God, so the, that is so cool. So the smoke permeates the glass yeah. and the orange. And so when the, when the, when the old-fashioned itself, the rye whiskey is poured into the glass, then this campfire aroma just comes and meets your nose, and it's... It's not going to be fun. I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should ask you to bring some samples. But uh, no, that also sounds like it'd be fun to watch, you know. And no, I said I was going to let Lisa talk about it, and then I just hugged the whole <laughs> Oh, no, no, good. You did well. <laughs> no, that, that, that sounds very, very appealing for sure. And I'm sure, you know, I'm already full enough after plowing through a big slab of prime rib, but uh, you have dessert, I'm presuming. We have amazing desserts. Again, they're very limited. We do, um, on a rare occasion, up to four, but we typically have three. Um, our chocolate bread pudding is the probably their biggest consistent hit. It's a lighter. It's um, it's not a heavy bread pudding. It's got this kind of souffle texture to it. Yeah, I like those better. Um, we do the classic creme brulee, mm-hmm. a key lime on a butter cookie. Oh, man. But right now I also have, oh, my goodness, this is to die for, Peanut butter cheesecake. Ridiculously it's, good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and a chocolate mousse cake. And oh, it also I know. is so good. It's ridiculously good. Yeah. So Eureka Springs is a, you know, is a resort town. It's a seasonal town. Um, but you guys, some restaurants I know just shut. Y'all stay open. You, you just kind of restrict your days or, or hours. And what sort of, talk about the kind of the, the flow across a year of how things play out for you all in, in Eureka Springs. So it's definitely confusing. We um, initially, and I think for the first eight years, we were closed on the month of January. And we would close for a couple weeks in August because people would go back to school. Kids would go back to school and families wouldn't travel and so forth. And then we found that there was this need that people, you know, would get stir crazy. And um, so we decided that we would be open all year long. Um, We do Januaries, Fridays and Saturdays. Mm -hmm. There's um, February we do... Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we're always open on New Year's Eve and always open on Valentine's, regardless of the day. March and April, we go to four days, and then we hit May, and that starts our five-day week through Thanksgiving. And yeah. from Thanksgiving to the end of the year, we go four days. So I always recommend that people call and check, you know, because in those winter months, this year I think we were closed Seven, seven days, days in February due to weather. Yeah. Oh, well, it was. So it's hard. I mean, it's a juggling ordering. It, the weather could be good, and we order, and then we don't get to open because, you know, right. the weather hits. So always call because, sure. again, we hate to disappoint people and have them show up and not be able to get in. Yeah. Well, that, but, makes, uh, that makes perfect but That yeah. seems to be the schedule that's worked for us for the last few years. Yeah. Well, we'll continue. And there's enough people around here and in, in coming that, yeah, I've given them a couple of shots in the colder months to come on Friday and Saturday. And, and our locals yeah. like it. Sure. Because they're so, they're stuck at home in January. They they really show up a lot. Yeah. Well, that's good to get, get, get the local support. support. So everything that I see sounds like things are, uh, cooking right along, so to speak, at uh, your restaurant. Do you have any changes in the works, or are you sort of in a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mode? But in terms of the restaurant and the menu, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But we do have we do have one change that uh, um, will be in the works soon. Um, we've been in the restaurant, this restaurant, for 14 years. We've enjoyed it. We've made a great deal of friends. We love people seeing people over and over again in our restaurant, and we... They know us, and we know them. But after 14 years, we feel like we've put our mark on the restaurant, and it's time to pass the torch. And so we've 
recently put it on the market for sale. Wow. Yeah. Well, I am sure there'll be some folks who would love to inherit such a going Jesse, as it were. You know, you've got a great thing going. You've got a great clientele and base. And I hope there's, I mean, I know there'll be people who are like, hey, I'd, I'd love to take on trying to continue to grow what they've been growing for 14 years. So. And if anyone in podcast land is listening, <laughs> uh, I mean, it truly is a, a, a historic location. Sure. With a great reputation. And not just because of Lisa and I, but for the per- past 30 plus years. Um and it's a turnkey business that would make money from day one. Yeah. All right. Well, there's there's the sales pitch, and it sounds like a great. Well, good and, and good luck. I mean, and again, I know how, you know chapters of life come to you know as you move through. You've done as you said. You were in the restaurant business before. You got into the tech side. You're making bath and body products. You've been running a restaurant. Hey, you've got plenty more time to do other fun stuff. So so good luck on all of that. Well, listen. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Bert, for being my guest today on Heaping Spoonful. Good luck with your remaining time at Gaskins and good luck in uh, finding the right person to pass that torch to. So, And I appreciate all of you listening to Heaping Spoonful today. Remember, we post new episodes on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. So be on the lookout for those and check out some ones you miss. And goodbye and have a great rest of your day. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Heaping Spoonful. On behalf of all of us at Benny Keith Foods, Mid-South Division, Please know how much we love connecting you with the legends of the culinary scene and their unique stories. I look forward to the next time we can offer you another Heaping Spoonful.